Hi, my name is Benny Johnson. As some of you know, I've been struggling with addiction. However, I decided to change my life and went into recovery. I started this podcast 90 Days Clean and I want to take you along in my journey. What does lie ahead of me? Let me be frank, I do not know. Will I ever drink again? I do not know. This is how Stairway to Redemption was born. It is my search for answer in a real-time process of what is going to work for me. It is then my aspiration to help you figure out what is going to work for you. It is our journey together. Hey, uh, good morning, guys. Um, Benny here from Stairway to Redemption. Um, welcome to our brand new story, uh, series, uh, Recovery Study, where I will be analyzing and commenting on self-help books about addiction and recovery. Uh, in this first episode, we're going to start with a book that's really dear to me called Rewired, a bold new approach to Addiction and Recovery by Erika Spiegelman. How did I come across this book? Uh, it was when I was inpatient, uh, back, uh, when I was in rehab inpatient back um, in August, July, August of last year of 2022. One of the counselors introduced us to this book and we're reading um, excerpts of it during uh, our uh, du- during our workshop and uh, by the way I would like to give her a shout out shout out to Justine uh, for introducing me to this book and once uh, I graduated and got out I decided to buy the book and uh, yeah so I've been you know uh, I read it and uh, the advantage of this book basically rewired it's not just any self help book it doesn't abide by you know, one solution fits all, or any cooking method, uh, cooking cutter method, but rather try to make us do a deep dive and evaluation into our relationship with ten pr- principle, ten core principle, uh, deemed necessary to live a sober life. Those principles are authenticity, honesty, evolution, solitude time management, self-care, healthy relationships, compassion, and love. So what I've planned for you guys in this series is to go over each principle describing what the author, Erica, is talking, saying, you know, her view on uh, her position on it and uh, talk about it myself. The advantage of this book is at the end of each chapter, based on those principles, also come um, a real a little uh, uh, book workshop, like uh, yeah, a workshop that you know you can ask yourself questions. And what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna answer those questions how they apply to me, uh, and hopefully it's gonna you could like do the same exercise at home. 
so let's start with the introduction before I dive in the first principle um in the introduction Erica goes over briefly gives a description to each of the principle like the one I mentioned earlier authenticity or honesty evolution solitude time management self-care healthy relationship and gratitude I will read you the definition she has for authenticity in this one. The word authentic is a combination of Latin and Greek words meaning coming from the author and one who acts independently. <laughs> Sorry. I interpret this as you are the author of your life. It also means of undisputed origin and accurate, trustworthy, reliable. When your authentic voice can be trusted, there is no need to look elsewhere for guidance. No guru, therapist, teacher, or best-selling writer can give you better answers than the ones you find within. There can be no permanent recovery without an awareness of oneself as unique in all the world. And because no two people will ever think, feel, or live exactly alike, the authentic voice will always be more accurate, more informed to your situation than any cookie-cutter cookie recovery program. And I highlighted this part. In this way, you can begin to think of recovery as an adventure of deep self-exploration, a journey to your core. How powerful is that? All right, let's dive to in right diving in chapter one, the chapter on authenticity. I like how Erica starts her chapter. She usually uses quotes from like you know scholars or philosophers to that are in relationship with the uh, the uh, the theme or like the the principle we're learning. So the one uh, there's one that I really like. She said she it's from Marianne Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that frighten that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? I really like this quote because I can really I can identify with this one, especially uh, if you heard me in my previous episode in some previous, you will notice that you will know that like I suffer from survivor guilt sometimes, and I mean not sometimes, and I have trouble sometimes accepting how talented I am. Which I don't want to toot my own horn, but yes, I that quote really I can really identify with this quote. So the chapter on authenticity start with the description of of what a bottom is in addiction. Some bottoms are really spectacular. So bottoms are like what she described as silent. Um, a silent bottom is basically where you you know you reach your bottom, but it didn't have to be losing the house, losing the job, 
losing like the husband or wife, the relationship, being in jail. Some silence, some bottoms are like less traumatic than that. And she talks about herself in her real recovery in this segment. I'm quoting. I, as Erica, I myself experienced this kind of silent bottom. An unbearable darkness had crept into my soul. And like a psychic cancer, it was slowly killing me. I could no longer cope with the discrepancy between my values, what I knew to be right and true in, in this life, and the way I was living. That quiet, small voice of truth inside me could not extinguish, could not be extinguished or destroyed, no matter how hard I tried to drown it out. When I finally realized the futility of fighting my inner voice, I broke down and wept. From that moment, things became easier as I began to live in harmony with my deepest self rather than constant internal conflict. End of quotation. Um, the voice of the authentic self, basically. It's, it means like, listen to your gut, stop lying to yourself. That's how I understand it. And yes, um, personally, if I were to describe the kind of bottom I had, I would say like I had a mid bottom, like not totally spectacular. I did lose a job. Uh, I didn't lose the house. I did. I wasn't. I didn't go to jail. Um, I did lose a lot of you know relationships that are deemed valuable. That's for sure. So I would say I will. Ha- I had a. I don't know. In my opinion, I had a mid-tier, mid-level bottom. And Erica is totally right when she talks about the voice of the authentic self is a wise and intuitive. Knowing that reside in all of us like a steady candle flame. I'm quoting her, by the way. Guiding the way. It whispers to us in dreams, revealing to us our purpose in life and alerting us when we have done and said something incongruent with our values. That part means a lot. Because what was my drive? What I consider my driving force in life was to be a better man than the one I was the day before. And I was living by this mantra for like long periods. And I started betraying myself when I started using because it turned me into somebody who was definitely worse than the one who was not in addiction. And... You know, coming from like another culture here and under the circumstances, I came to a real recap. You know, coming from a third world, learning a new language, uh, graduated with honor, having a fantastic job. I thought I was invincible, let's be honest. And I never thought that addiction could take me down because, man, like I've seen, I've seen so much worse in my life that I played down so when I was betraying myself I was not aware of I was doing so because at the time I was like well drugs stuff I can't quit anytime my mind is way stronger than that and yeah that's that hubris that definitely led me to 
to my to reach my bottom. Also in this chapter, Erica talks about another uh, aspect of authenticity is donning a mask that goes against being authentic. And uh, all of us who are fell into addiction at one point or another done a certain mask. Um, in her case, I'm quoting her right now, she says, uh, I don't a mask I would like to call the rock. If someone asked how I was doing, my only reply was fine. I desperately wanted to, I wanted the people around me to be happy and so I began to place less importance on my own thoughts and emotions and more on the validation I got from pleasing others. Family members remark on how loving and caring I was, but no one seemed to notice that I was fast becoming a contortionist, bending over backward and forward to accommodate other people's wishes. End of quotation. That's like the perfect case of people pleasing here, which is quite common in people who are in addiction. Like me for myself also, as I, I did indulge in pub, uh, people pleasing. I remember vividly that, you know, I didn't have any boundaries when I was living in my apartment for people to come at any hour of the, you know, the night or the day because in my opinion, I was, oh, if they come that late, that means like they must be in need of something or they're going through something. I'll get out of my way to try to help them or just listen to what they have to say because, you know, like who shows up to somebody at 4 a.m. in the morning or 3 a.m. in the morning if they're not really suffering. But meanwhile, it was messing with not only my sleep schedule, but also my personal time. I couldn't say no I don't have the energy or the time to help that person right now. Or I didn't, I had other obligations, you know. I always thought that no matter what the situations, if you're able to help somebody, you have to as a human being. That's what I always thought. And I still think that to a certain extent. If you can, you should help. But now that can is what needs to be redefined in my opinion if not only uh, if you can physically help somebody or emotionally help somebody in addition to that can i need to evaluate what's gonna be the toll on me and if that toll is too much then i cannot help that person even if i can technically answer they need but the toll if the toll is too big i should not and that's what i learned from um you know the different therapy therapy and this book and inpatient so to go back to that um idea of people pleasing that term uh erica uh stipulated in her book that the description of you know the addict as like an egomaniac who often destroy everything in their path is not totally true most of the time the addict you know is support is like driven to support and help others to the peril of your own safety well-being and health 
that's totally true. That's what I mentioned earlier about the toll. Like being a capacity of helping other by caring their need is one thing, but not evaluating properly the toll that is gonna what is gonna cost you is another. If those two are not checked, then it can lead to you know discomfort and you're not being true to yourself. Now still in this chapter about authenticity she talks about the importance of taking off the mask you know that like everyone is um, in the recovery everyone in addiction is is wearing all right so let's go back to um, take the part where Erica talks about taking off the mask um, she warns us that many of these masks that we are wearing while we in addiction are unconscious and until they are explored they eventually and eventually surrendered the addict will remain at risk of relapse she adds that uh, this false persona can become so habit habitual that it fuses with the personality and become impossible to shed without help that's true because Similarly to Erica here, my mask was the savior mask, the hero mask, you know, another, another term for that. And yeah, sometimes when you dip in addictions, your persona merge with your personality and it's impossible to, to distinguish which is which. Those masks that are ruining our chances at happiness, repelling intimacy and fueling our need to drink and use. Because uh, what used to be, I believe the way I understand it is, what used to work to be a coping mechanism when you were overwhelmed because you couldn't be authentic to yourself is now a go-to mechanism for you to survive, you know. At least that's how I felt about it. Subsequently, um, the author Erica talks to us about the benefit of being authentic. I'm reading this passage, quote, There's something magnetic and unstoppable about a person who lives according to the dictates of the heart instead as a slave to society's demand. Furthermore, a person who lives authentically has nothing to fear. There are no skeleton in the closet, no ticking time bomb waiting to explode. That part is so important to me because uh, living in fear of... There's no fear of being found out when you're authentic to yourself because you are you, right? You are your true self. You don't suffer from imposter syndrome anymore. You take that mask off and there's a certain like confidence aura that people who are true to themselves have and now how do you cultivate authentic relationship that's where she moves on next the manifestation of inauthenticity you need to detect that first is there a certain inappropriate behavior i'm tolerating in order to keep the peace that's the very important question that she asked. Me personally, I noticed that I tend to not or keep I tend to keep quiet when people I do not 
care about or do not respect for some reason you know i do not care about i out of little respect for tell me something i that's wrong or erroneous about me like i do not correct them because in my head i already make i tend to make like uh a cost analysis about how what it's going to cost me to correct them why i'm going to get angry and i tend not to argue with people i don't I don't have have little respect for and not that that should i don't believe i should go fight and try to correct that everyone that you know wrong about me or you know i to a certain extent i do not care but i'm the what led me to do is to in order to be have peace of mind to let other believe what they want you know and sometimes there is i think a certain balance between you know not caring about what people say about you for sure but also not letting everybody walk over you and me i was probably in the letter because i was in my mind i was like do i really want to argue with those idiots not you know that i think that everybody's an idiot definitely not but uh sometimes people were so off in my intention that i I saw you see it sometimes as using it as an advantage instead of giving them my true self I could use the fact that they think something completely differently some that they think something completely different and at the opposite spectrum of what I'm truly am as a form of I don't know strength or hiding or something like that Later in the chat, in the paragraph, uh, she said that transforming into an authentic human being can be very every, can be every bit as turbulent, surprising, and challenging as getting physically sober. That I totally agree with it, because you know, like if you take a bad habit of putting that persona, that mask all the time, it becomes almost second nature to do so. So nothing surprising here. Um. Later, they talk, she talks about the ways of connecting with your authentic self. Obviously, the most common one is journaling, meditation, uh, and solitude also are excellent ways to amplify your intuition. So basically, how to, div- to um, cultivate that intuition, uh, being alone and in solitude uh, to... To know yourself a bit more. I get, I, I totally get the, that. Uh, she concludes the paragraph with the chapter actually by saying, Lastly, never forget the value in rewarding yourself for your effort. You have taken a huge first step toward a beautiful, lasting recovery and you deserve to be recognized. Just for today, do one kind, healthy thing for yourself. You know, that's basically the end of this chapter since need to be authentic with yourself that is first thing to do and yeah she rewards that all right now that i basically went over the chapter she hears the um, uh, the workshop questions for exploration on authenticity all right guys we reached the questions for the workshop questions for the authenticity chapter in what the first question is in what areas of my life do i like authenticity 
uh i will say in my case that i did like authenticity in um how to trust my gut feeling because um since the gut feeling that you know about people or situation i didn't have empirical data or like evidence that i was right or wrong i will suppress that gut feeling you know coming from being a very analytical guy scientific guy uh i will sometimes even if i couldn't explain why i had that gut feeling i will be like why should i just trust it it's just a gut i don't have the evidence that i'm right or wrong on that so i will suppress it but something that i noticed in my recovery is trust the energy that you feel from other people if you feel a bad vibe from somebody even if you don't have the in even if you don't have the evidence that you know they they're walking funny around you or something it doesn't cost much to be cautious and you will notice that most of the time or a lot of time your gut feeling is right them doesn't need to be like evidence like you know like scientific evidence or like a forensic evidence for you to be right sometimes so when you follow your gut feeling so i definitely wasn't authentic when i was ignoring that gut feeling that of mine all right next question in what ways am i a people pleaser i was definitely a people pleaser uh when you know i was uh, uh when i used to live in my apartment people will like show up with at any hours of the day uh of the night sorry and in my mind i was like if they must show up at like this late that must be that they're going through something and i can take you know get out of my way to help them and spend time with them it's not gonna cost me much but once i did it couple one twice what i found it is it's it's hard to let her cut off those people or let them know that they're impending on my own um on my own energy on my own rest on my own like i'm starting getting to to get burned out so it's hard to communicate that so i was definitely a people pleaser like similarly to this chapter the rock the rock feeling that uh, Erica was talking about earlier, trying to solve everybody's problem or to be there for everybody's when they are in the, when they're going to tough time. Uh, next question: In what circumstances have I have I ignored my ignore inner voice? Oh, similar to question one. Uh, yeah, I've ign ignored my inner voice. Uh, in some relationship. You know, always giving the people the benefit of the doubt because I didn't, again, I didn't have any evidence that they were like gonna, I don't want to use the word betray me, but that they were not gonna respect my boundaries. Um, yeah, uh, so similar to question one. Uh, what are the consequences? Next question What are the consequences of ignoring my inner voice? Uh, regrets, relapse, sometimes guilt, waste of time. Uh, then I have to, and also resentment. Sometimes, um, I hate myself saying like, you see, you should have listened to your gut. You are right all along. And then here's what happened. Um, in what ways have I betrayed myself? That's, uh, 
So my ideology, my mantra was to be a better person than the day I was before. And it still is. You know, that's my goal in life. Just to be better. Just to try. You know, be a better person than the day I was before. And addiction definitely led me in the opposite direction. I was becoming worse, distant, uh, starting. I definitely ruined some more, more and more relationship. Wasn't authentic to myself. What mask do I wear? Uh, yeah, so we don't talk about that, the savior mask, because so survivor guilt, similar also to the rock. All right, next question. Um, who are the people who support your, my authentic self? Uh, my friends, their friends, best friends, family, uh, to a certain extent, uh, I'm not going to name names. Who are the people who undermine my growth and recovery? Uh, skip that one. Not gonna name names. Uh, not important here. Uh, what's my life's purpose? Am I fulfilling this my destiny or hiding my dreams? I believe I'm trying to. I would like to try to help as many people as I can. Uh, I remember my dream was a dream of mine was to have a nonprofit to teach underprivileged kids how to code. Uh, but now I'm thinking of pivoting to helping people who fell into addiction. That should be fun. Uh, or why not both? Like some friend of mine asked me, but how you conciliate those both areas? Who knows? Uh, maybe you guys have an idea. All right. Question number 10. Uh, what changes have I noticed since I'm beginning this work? Um, inner peace, like a bit of serenity. Also... A lot, yeah, because you don't, I don't have to use, you know, be, you know, an authentic, uh, it's using a lot of energy to go. It's like, almost like swimming against the current, you know, not being your natural self and spending so much energy being somebody that you're not. So I definitely start feeling like a bit more at peace with myself and relax, you know, like not not under the age or under pressure question 11 uh have i experienced any signs of withdrawal from authenticity oh uh, yeah i mean sometimes still want the that goes back to the people pleasing thing uh i think that i can help when i just need to sit down and realize how much it's going to cost me to help first and like I said earlier, like, even if I can help, uh, like, I mean, by physically, I mean, like, physically or, you know, uh, financially, I can help somebody. I need to evaluate how much it's going to cost me emotionally or mentally. And sometimes I, I, I don't, you know, I'm tempted to help without doing that cost analysis. Uh next question what I have done this week to strengthen my inner voice what were the results um uh yeah this week uh the i made better decision um better decision making sorry uh better financial decision making also that was huge um also, uh, and what are were the result of those? Uh, peace of mind, less stress. Also, you know, uh, because once the decision was made, being confident that you made the right decision, you don't 
think about the decision or what it would be. You don't stress about it. So that was great. How did I reward myself this week? Uh, bought new boxing gloves since I kickbox a lot. That was fun. Like uh, my old gloves were um, starting to fall apart lately. So I invested in myself. I invested in gloves, in um, like uh, athletic wear. Because when I did the, my time management, I noticed that after work, so I work about 30 hours a week. I noticed that after work, I spent about 20 hours at the gym. And so I invested in, you know, like I treated myself into better gloves, better shorts. And uh, I need to get better shoes for kickboxing, like and training. So things that I like, you know. And yeah, that's it. That was the last question. So yeah, so uh, coming to the conclusion of uh, reading this first chapter on authenticity, I think it's fun. Um, for this first episode, I think I'm going to release it on the main podcast uh, to give you guys a taste. And uh, probably the series is going to continue on our Patreon. Um, I don't want to... I, I would rather have all those series on the Patreon so people who want to listen to the podcast won't be overwhelmed with by different stuff so this will be both on the patreon and uh, on the podcast all right all right what can i say uh yeah so guys oh one more thing i might take a break from um the daily stoic speaking the day talk, taking the daily stoic pretty soon i'm planning a vacation on on june uh, so I'm going to organize myself uh, If you don't see me on social media or something Yes, a social media break also would be great So, uh, yeah I'm, uh, I'll let you know guys for sure later Alright Stairway GD was Stairway Benny with Stairway to Redemption And I will see you guys later